0: We are getting started uh, tonight with our Vacation Bible School. The theme is twists and turns. Um, It surrounds games and board games and card games, and I'm pretty sure my son is going to try to figure out how to build this in his bedroom, just this, like, video game-looking screen. Uh, But as it turns out, and this was completely accidental, this was not planned, but the theme speaks closely to the last sermon in the series, I'm Not, I Am. Um, that's the series that we've used to examine some of the reasons that people give that they, where they, they don't want to do the things that God asks them to do. Moses said he wasn't good enough. I stutter. I'm not well-liked. I killed a guy. Maybe I'm not the guy that you want speaking for you for all of Israel. Gideon thought, I'm not important enough. I'm, I'm in a, a, an unimportant family. I'm in an unimportant job. I'm not important enough to do the mighty things that you want me to do. Esther thought, I'm not brave enough. I can't possibly stand up to the world. I cannot stand up for the the wrong things that are happening to my people Israel. And she needed that courage because she was afraid she might die if she stood up. And this week we're gonna be looking at another man who believed that he wasn't good enough. And he showed it in many ways. And if we read his stories, and we're only going to look at a couple of them today, but if we read his stories, we might look at him and say, man, why this guy? Why, are we gonna, why, why, is, why is this guy one of Jesus' 12 disciples? Why is he so important? Why is he good enough? When we see the things that he's done, and we might think, well, I might have picked somebody else. And of course, as I said this morning, that man's name is Peter. And the VBS theme uses stories from the life of Peter, and I'm going to basically be using the same stories this morning, Um, and we're going to be trying to help the kids at VBS see that even when we make mistakes, when we're following Jesus, even if we take two steps forward and then we land on take a step back on our board game, or we completely blow around on the video game and we have to start over again. We're able to do that. God welcomes us to make mistakes because he loves us and he wants to move us forward and mistakes are a part of life. They are. And if you have never made a mistake in your life, you probably don't belong here. You should probably be someplace else teaching other people how never to make a mistake in your life. But we're going to be um, looking at three ways that Peter showed doubt about who he was and showed the world why maybe he wasn't good enough to fulfill God's will. And the first encounter that we have with Peter is also the first time that we meet him in scripture, the first time that we see him. Um, And it's the first time that Peter meets Jesus. And uh, I'm going to be having uh, Emma Hughes come up, and she's going to be reading Luke chapter 5, verses 1 to 11. You can come up, Emma. Um, And if you want to open your Bible, you can open your Bible. The verses will be up on the screen. Uh, This passage is right at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, right soon after he has been baptized. Go ahead, Emma.
1: And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon saw, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. And for he, all who were with him were astonished at the catch of the fish that he had taken in. And so were also and so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. And they, were, they had brought their boats to the land. They left everything and followed him. My
0: God. All right. Thank you, Emma, for reading that for us this morning. So Peter is a rough guy. He is a fisherman. He is not tremendously well-educated, he is gruff, he is is crass, Um, he probably would use language that we wouldn't like, Um, and basically he finds himself to be a sinful man, and he admits as much to Jesus, I'm not good enough. And especially after he sees this blessing of fish. And we've talked before about how much the fish that he caught was worth. Um, And in other passages uh, in the Bible, we read that it was like 146 fish or something like that. And the, the value of that one catch would have set Peter and all of his partners up for life. And Peter looks at Jesus and he falls down on his knees, and he says, I am a sinful man, O Lord. I'm not worthy of this blessing. And I've heard a lot of sinners' prayers in my day. I've gone to different churches. I've heard a lot of altar calls. I've heard a lot of people lead the sinner's prayer. And I've got to tell you, this is what the prayer of repentance looks like to me. Lord, I am a sinful man. That's it. Acknowledging to God that you are sinful. Acknowledging to God that you need him because there is nothing that you can do that will save you. The only thing that will save us is God's mercy and his grace. And that's what Jesus says to Peter. He doesn't even say, Oh, Peter, I forgive you. He just says, come with me. Now you're going to catch men. Jesus accepted Peter's repentance. And on uh, Sunday night, tonight, we're going to talk about that story with the kids. And then tomorrow night, we're going to be sharing another of Peter's stories. Ethan Hughes is going to come up and read that for us. And this time, we're going to be looking in the book of Matthew, chapter 14, verses 22 to 23. And in this passage, uh, most of you might be familiar with uh, what has happened before this passage? Jesus has just fed 5,000 men plus their families with five loaves and two fish. And this is what happens immediately following that event.
2: Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up, up upon the mountain and prayed by himself by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was long away from land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. But when disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it's a ghost. They cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, "Take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid." And Peter answered him, "Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water." He said, "Come." So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and became to, and came to Jesus. But he saw the wind and was afraid and began sinking in to sink he cried out, "Lord, save me!" Jesus immediately reached out his hand and out his hand and took hold of him, saying, "O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, "Truly, you are the Son of God."
0: Thank you. Eve. So this time, Peter kind of it feels like he feels a little worthy, right? This time, instead of, of the doubt, we hear Peter actually come and say, gets to the edge of the boat, and he says, Jesus, if it's you, invite me to come and walk on the water with you. I mean, that's kind of bold, don't you think? How many of you would have that boldness, right? To, to just walk up and say, okay, prove it. If it's you, let me walk out on the water with you. And Jesus says, he says, come. Come on out. The water's fine. And Peter climbs out of the boat. And he walks towards Jesus. This is an incredible test of Peter's faith. And he is doing really, really well. And we think, oh, well, this is great. Peter's Peter's finally made it. He's finally there. He knows who Jesus is. He knows what's going on. And then all of a sudden, Peter takes his eyes off of Jesus. And he looks over to the left and he sees the, the waves crashing and he sees the wind and the effects of the wind and what's going on. And it says he began to sink. How many of us have walked along with Jesus and we've been following Jesus for a while and we, things are going well, we're not really doing anything like sinful or wrong, we're really kind of happy about that because we've asked God to, to rescue us from the sin that, we've, that we might have been living in in the past. And then all of a sudden, one day, we're tired or we're angry or we're frustrated. And we take our eyes off of Jesus just for a second. And we see all of the troubles. We see all of the things. We start getting tempted to do those things that we used to do before we met Jesus. And we start to sink as we keep considering and considering going back to that drink or going back to that computer or going back to that whatever sin we're looking at wanting to get rid of? How many of us continue to, to sink? How many of us will just fall to the bottom? We don't feel worthy of praying to Jesus to help us. Fortunately, Peter felt at least worthy enough to call out Lord, save me, or if he didn't feel worthy enough, he certainly felt scared enough of drowning. And look what it said. It said, immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and grabbed him. If you are walking in some sort of a sin that you don't feel that you can conquer, guess what? You can't the only thing that you can do is cry out, Lord, help me. Lord, rescue me. And immediately, Jesus will reach out his hand, and he will pull you up. And did you notice, the storm didn't stop when Jesus pulled Peter up. Jesus walked with Peter through the storm, to get back to the boat. The storm didn't stop until after they were on the boat. Sometimes our actions do have consequences, and sometimes even when we call out, Lord, help me, and Jesus immediately reaches his hand down. That doesn't mean you're not going to have a hard time. It doesn't mean that you're not going to still be tempted. What it means is, you are holding on to the promise of Jesus Christ. You are holding on to the promise that Jesus is going to put you back in the boat. And when he puts you back in the boat, those seas are going to calm. When we go through hard times, when we go through these things, it's not just because God is having fun with us. It's not because God wants to punish us. It's because God is walking alongside us and he wants us to learn how to walk through that trouble, how to walk through that temptation and get back to the boat. The third story that we're going to be looking at on Tuesday, we're going to be looking at probably Peter's lowest point in his spiritual life. And Eric Brady is going to come up and uh, and read. Is Eric here? There he is. Um, And we read about this in Luke chapter 22. It starts in verses 31 to 34 and goes to verses 54 to 62. And this first part of the passage takes place at the end of the Passover meal when Jesus is talking to his disciples. And then the second part is uh, after Jesus has been arrested and carried away.
3: Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you, have t- when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Peter said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and death. Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow this day until you deny Deny three times that you know me. Then they seized him and led him away, bringing him into the high priest's house, and Peter was following at a distance. And and when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat down among them. The servant girl, seeing as he sat in the light and looking closely at him, said, this man also was with him, but he denied it, saying, Woman, I do not know him. And a little later, someone else saw him and said, You also are one of them. But Peter said, Man, I am not. And after an interval of about an hour, still another insisted, saying, Certainly this man is also, also was with him, for he is to a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you are talking about, and immediately while immediately while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter, and Peter remembered the saying that the Lord of the Lord, how he had said to him, Before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept
0: bitterly. Thank you. Like I said, this is arguably arguably the lowest point in Peter's life, right? Certainly, Peter felt that he was not somebody that would be trusted by Jesus anymore. Certainly, he felt even after all of the things that he'd gone through, and yes, he's done some some really stupid things, right? Jesus at one point even called uh, uh, Peter Satan. He said, get behind me, Satan, for you're thinking of the things of men, not of the things of God. And that was right after Peter had said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God, and Jesus had said, well, you're right, and I'm going to build my church on this witness that you have said, oh, Peter, you have said the perfect thing. Two minutes later, get behind me, Satan. We see this life of Peter, and we see it as these, these ups and downs, or in the theme of our VBS, twists, and turns. And this is the lowest. This is, this is you roll the dice, go back to the beginning, or get off of the board you lose, if we're thinking of it in human terms. And Peter did. He left. He left the game board. He went out. He wept bitterly. We don't hear about Peter again until after Jesus has died, do we see Peter again in Scripture? Peter probably thought, when Jesus was looking at him, I'm never going to see him again. He's going to go. He's going to die. I'm never going to see him again. But God said, I am going to raise my son from the dead. And not only that, Peter, but you are going to come back. Did you see what Jesus said at the beginning of that passage? Satan has desired to to sift you as wheat, but I've been praying for you. And after you have fallen, and when you come back to your brothers, Jesus knew Peter would be back. Jesus was welcoming Peter back before he had even sinned. Before he had even denied Jesus. He he knew Peter was going to come back. And that's what happened. Peter went out and wept bitterly. Then we see him with the rest of the disciples on the day that Jesus rose from the dead. And in that evening, Jesus comes into the room and Peter sees Jesus there. And he falls on his knees and he worships him. And from that moment on, Peter's life is full of Jesus. Peter's life, We read from Acts chapter 2 where Peter and the disciples that were with him were filled with the Holy Spirit. All on the same day, the Spirit came down, descended upon them, lit on them like tongues of fire and filled them with power. They started speaking in tongues. And I know you guys are not the speaking in tongues kind of people, but it happened. The disciples started speaking in other languages. And the languages they spoke were the same languages of all of the different nationalities of people who were in Jerusalem that day. God gave the disciples the ability to speak in the language of the people who were there so that they could understand the gospel message. And Peter stood up and he gave that gospel message. And you can imagine 120 people standing around all of this whole big throng basically interpreting what Jesus is saying for the crowd in their own language. This is the power of the Holy Spirit that fell upon Peter. And his life was never the same. The day that he preached his message, three Thousand people came to faith in Jesus Christ in one day, one message. That's the power of the Holy Spirit that had entered into Peter because Peter didn't give up. Peter didn't say, I'm just going to walk away from Jesus. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm too sinful. Peter stuck with it and Jesus stuck with him. And not only did Peter preach a message to people in Jerusalem, later in Acts chapter 10, Peter preached the first gospel message to non-Jewish people. He preached the gospel message to the Romans. And a Roman family, led by a centurion named Cornelius, came to faith. In Jesus Christ. And that is the exact moment when Peter realized that God's message is not just for the Jews. It is for the whole world. We see the stories of Peter and everywhere along the way. We might look at Peter. We might say about Peter, you know what? He's not good enough. He's too impetuous. He doesn't think before he talks. He denied Jesus for crying out loud. How do you deny Jesus and come back from that? Have you ever denied Jesus? I have. It's not that hard to do if you put your mind to it. Peter was afraid of dying, just like Esther was afraid of dying, for standing up for God. And we are the same way sometimes. But if you have ever denied Jesus Christ, if you have ever done something that you know was displeasing to God, that doesn't mean that God doesn't still want you. Parents, you know what I'm talking about. When your kids do something wrong, You want to just kick them out of the house? No. You'll correct them. You might discipline them. But as you do that, they become stronger and stronger people that they're meant to be. And it's the same thing with our Lord God. If we do something that is not pleasing to Him, He'll correct us. He might discipline us. We might have to walk for a time through some really troubling things. But it's all so that we can grow our faith. So that the next time we're called to stand up for Jesus, we won't deny him. We'll stand up and we'll preach a message that reaches 3,000 people. We'll stand up and we'll Tell the gospel story to a bunch of people in a coffee house who've never heard the gospel preached before. We will stand up and we will say, Jesus Christ is who he says he is, and he changes the game. He changes everything, and he can change everything for you. Our themes for this week Jesus is holy, Jesus is trustworthy. Jesus is forgiving. Jesus is worth following. And Jesus is for everyone. These are the things through these stories that we're going to be telling the kids over the course of the next week. And I, for one, am looking forward to seeing how God moves through our volunteers. I'm so excited to have so many youth volunteers this year. How God moves in and through the children who are going to be attending this week. And I want to invite you every day this week, please pray for the volunteers. Pray that they may be filled with wisdom and with love and with care and that they will share the story of Jesus with every child who walks into the door. I want you to pray for every child that's going to walk into the door, especially those who have never heard the story of Jesus Christ before. Pray that their eyes and their ears will be open to hearing these stories, to getting to know who Jesus is. And finally, pray for their families, because there are a lot of families that send their kids to VBS that have no relationship with God whatsoever. For them, VBS is a place to send your kids for a couple of hours during the week. Let the stories so penetrate these children and so affect these children that their parents can't help but wonder, what's going on over there at Morning Hour Chapel? We've got to go check that out. I want to spend just a couple of minutes as we close this morning in prayer for our Vacation Bible School. Would you pray with me? Father, we are excited. We are full of hope and we are full of joy to think of all of the children who are going to be attending our VBS this week. Father, from the moment they pull onto the parking lot, let them feel welcome. From the moment they walk in the door and sit down and have a meal and come and sing songs and hear stories, Father, help them to know that your Son is at the center of all of those stories. Help them to know that they can know Jesus Father, I pray for our volunteers. It's a hard job sometimes. And it's tiring. And sometimes it's frustrating. Father, help us to go past all of those things. When we get frustrated, when we get tired, help us to pray for your strength and your grace and your love and your mercy. Let the kids that attend see Jesus through every volunteer. And Father, we pray for the families. Especially the families who don't know you. Father, let your word be so strong and so present that the children can't help but go home and tell their parents who Jesus is. And open the hearts and minds of those parents and their siblings, their families. Let them see who you are. Father, we thank you that we have all of the resources that we need to hold a vacation Bible school. But Lord, we know that it's not by our might, it's not by our power, it is by your Spirit your word will go forth into our community through these children and we thank you we pray that you fill us with your holy spirit in jesus name amen, amen. i didn't turn around was anybody dancing yeah okay thanks tom i appreciate that tom's back there he's like the, he's like the, the bodyguard he's like yeah you guys better be dancing yeah uh, I, again, I am so excited that VBS is starting tonight. I'm so excited for all of the kids that are going to come. I, I, I don't know, is it, does anybody know a final number of registrations? No? That's okay. We don't care. As many kids come, we want to make sure that they know who Jesus is. And again, please, please, please be praying every single day this week for VBS, for the kids, for the families, for the volunteers. And if you're coming tonight, can't wait to see you. God bless you.